Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and AJ. What we have to do now, though, is we have to go to the Clip of the Week, and then, and then we're going to get a Sugar Ray Leonard. So the Clip of the Week is, again, you know, we try to find weird, funny stuff. This right. is not weird or funny. This was just a, a commercial from, I'd say, the mid-'80s, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard yeah. and Roberto Duran for... Um, I guess you rejected, the, you rejected yes, my candidate. Re- but this is, um, I guess, Coca-Cola's parent, you know, company, Seven Up. They're owned by. Is that? Uh, Seven Up is. Uh, I have to get that product which, placement. Which one is Sprite? Which one is? is uh, I think Sprite's is Pepsi. Well, if not, then we're giving equal no, time. Pe- Either Pepsi way, is, uh, product whatever. placement. Seven Up, I think, is is Coca-Cola. So let, let's run the clip. Mark's gonna run the clip for us, and we're gonna get Sugar Ray Leonard on the phone. I particularly love Sugar Ray's face in the ring when he sees, you know, know, Roberto Duran coming to pick up his kid in the ring. Now, um, it's time for our second dose of sugar of the evening. Okay. We're going to call Sugar Ray Leonard. I I can't wait for this. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Hello. Hey, good evening, Mr. Leonard. How you doing? It's Mark and AJ from Sports Talk New York. I I just have to tell you that this is one of those special moments on our show uh, because you have been one of my idols. I'm 47 years old. In boxing, I love Smoking Joe Frazier and Sugar Ray Leonard. Those were my guys. I've seen so many of your fights. I can remember them. We've talked about it, AJ and I, many times. I've talked about the greatest round of boxing. I know exactly where it was a few days after Thanksgiving at a party in Roslyn watching the 14th round, you versus Wilfredo Benitez. Every fight I can remember where I was. And it's a pleasure to welcome you to our show this evening. Good evening. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. All right. Well, let's talk about first about your great career in boxing. First, if you can, could you take us through the the 1976 Olympic experience and what it was like to go to the Olympics and actually avenge one of your only five amateur losses in the Olympics, and then to eventually go on and win a gold medal for the United States? Well, I mean, that was, it, it seems to me. I mean, I, it's like yesterday that I was in the Olympics, uh, it was one of the most memorable moments in my life, the most prized uh, moment in my life, because, you know, being an amateur boxer, the ultimate is being in the Olympics. And I recall we were not scheduled or were not um, looked upon to win maybe one gold medal. And um, I fought the Cuban for the uh, for the gold medal. And that Cuban, Arthur Adamas, had dominated the division, he totally annihilated everyone. So I was not uh, predicted to win or have a chance, but I beat him decisively. And that moment, because my mom and dad were there and my family were there, and uh, it was a special moment that I cherish ultimately. Okay, and in your professional career, you would go on to defeat four current or future you know, boxing Hall of Famers: Benitez, Duran, Hearns, and Marvin Hagler. Which of that group was the toughest opponent for you? 
the most difficult uh, opponent was Tommy Hearns, without question, because Tommy was so tall, you know, like 6'2 and fast and powerful. Tommy, again, Tommy dominated the, the uh, Division Two. He, he knocked out pretty much everyone that stepped in the ring with him. And uh, he was favored to win, and uh, he took me to the limit. And uh, it took every ounce of my, my talent, my heart, my desire to beat him. I mean, Tommy Hearns, without question, was a incredible, incredible champion. Okay, now, one of your, your most famous fights, obviously, was against Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran, in the famous No Mas fight. Um, for years, there's been an ongoing debate that he never said that, and those words were actually from Howard Cosell. Can you take us through that that round and what you remember as when that fight stopped? I was Actually, that one I remember was at the Nassau Coliseum, and I almost jumped over the railing when, when, <laughs> when you won the fight. But could you take us through that final round? Well, I mean, I, I know round by round, second by second, minute by minute, <laughs> that fight there, I was in tremendous shape. Um, I recall, first of all, um, Ray Charles, who was my namesake, uh, he sang the Beautiful. And I felt confident of beating Duran, you know, this time around, but with Ray Charles singing the America the Beautiful, I was like, no one could beat me. But in that fight, I just used my hand speed, I used my foot speed, I used my head. And it was not a replay of the first fight, which I fought him toe-to-toe. So he was so frustrated that, uh, and then when the crowd, you know, would laugh at him because I stuck my chin out, I did the bolo punch, I did some, some antics that kind of really teed him off. And, um, you know, when he threw his hands up in frustration, uh, to me, I thought it was a trick. I thought he tried to get me to get closer. But, again, once the fight ended, it was so bizarre because of all people, Roberto Duran right. throwing his hands up in defeat, uh, no one could fathom that he'd been taking place. But they said he said no mas. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't speak Spanish, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> I knew that he didn't want to compete anymore. Uh, you know, you talk about the bolo punch, uh, you know, and you say you can remember it second by second. I remember my exact my exact comment to my friend, which we actually can't say on the air, when you did that. Uh, you, when you loaded up and then hit him with the other hand, I just turned to him and went, holy, did you see that? Yeah, I think half the world said holy. Yeah. It was. But, uh, you know, it was a bizarre thing. It, was, it really was bizarre because, uh, you know, it wasn't a repeat of uh, Montreal. Uh, in the first fight, and, uh, you know, again, I, I, I kind of beat Durant with my hand speed and my foot speed. Yeah. Now, what um, what was it that made you think after five years out of, of boxing, you know, after the Tats Retner, that you could defeat Hagler? What what was going through your head? That, first of all, this is something that you really, you shouldn't have even gotten back in the, in the and take it from me, my, my brother-in-law is like a world-renowned ophthalmologist, so I, I know about these things. What made you risk going back in there? And then, um, whoa, what was that? Hold on one second. Oh, there we go. What people didn't realize, the fact that when I first retired, I was 26 years old, I was at the top of my game, and uh, I suffered a partial detached retina. I went to see Dr. Ron Michaels, an ophthalmologist, and, 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 uh, and Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And when he did the surgery, after the surgery and after many visits uh, to check it out, you check out my eye, uh, he said, Ray, you know, if you want to resume, you can. Uh, but then again, because there was such an outpour of people being concerned about me, uh, 
that I said, well, I'm, I'm going to retire. So I retired for two years. I came back in 84 against Kevin Howard, and it was an impressive fight, so I quit that same night. And then some three years later, I said, I'm going to fight Hagler yeah. uh, because it was a void, and I just felt that I could beat him. My eye, to me, uh, based on what my doctor said, I wasn't concerned. Um, I was concerned whether or not I could become Sugar Ray Leonard because at that time I was, I was Ray Leonard, the civilian, <laughs> you know, a guy um, outside the ring, but I had become Sugar Ray Leonard to even have a chance at being, you know, beating Marvin Hagler. Well, it's interesting you say that. I don't know if you saw the, the last Rocky movie, and I'm assuming because of your relationship with Sly that you probably did. But there's a, a scene in the movie where, you know, Rocky's talking to Paulie and he's t telling him that he still has uh, having some junk in the basement. Surely a metaphor for, like, that burning desire to, to get back in the ring and, and, you know, not to let that consume you. But is that, you know, one of the reasons why you got back in, in the ring with Hector Camacho? Well, you know what? That that's ego. That's that's um, that's um, you know, it, it disillusion. It, that's that's a number of um, things, adjectives. And I feel like I beat Camacho. And you know, unfortunately, I, I suffered an injury that didn't allow me to be at my best. But then again, you know what? These things do happen. Unfortunately, I was 40 years of age, and I, my body does not recuperate as quickly as it used to. But you know what? Um, it may sound crazy, but, you know, I'm glad that did happen because that told me that I didn't have it and get out of the ring before I got hurt. Now, we had Jim Bouton, the author of Ball Four, on uh, probably about a month, month and a half a ago. Longer, but, yeah. A little longer than that. But the, the final line in, in his book, to me, kind of symbolizes whether it be any sport. He, he closed his book by saying that you see, um, you spend a good piece of your life gripping a baseball and in the end, it turns out the other way around the whole time. Now, I know the first few years out of the fight game were very tough and, and not what people, including myself, you know, growing up idolizing Sugar Ray Leonard would have ever thought, you know, Sugar Ray could get into. Would you care to talk about that at all and, and how you've come, at, you know, through that adversity? What do you mean, the outside, the outside curriculum? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, for, for years, my life... Being it, you know, being in twenties and being in thirty, you know, my life was in somewhat of a uh, uh, turmoil. You know, I had money, I had fame, I had all these things, but I still, but I still was not doing what I enjoyed doing. That was competing, because at that point, it wasn't because physically I couldn't do it. It was mentally, psychologically, I didn't have it because I had other priorities. So, you, what happens? You all of a sudden you drift into a an area. Whereas that, whether it's drugs or alcohol or all or, or, or both or all, yes, I mean I, I'm vulnerable. I'm human, so I got involved, and those things take you away. It kind of gives you a cushion. It kind of gives you uh, uh, a sense of not being not reality. But until I look into the mirror and I look at what I saw and that what I saw in the mirror, the image I saw in the mirror was not me. You know what? I said, you know what? My father and mother worked so hard to make me, not perfect, but make me a good person. And I pulled back, and I, I made myself whole. I became a better father, a better husband, and a better friend by not indulging in those other things. Okay, now here's the part where I have to come clean a little bit. All right, Like I told you before, I'm 48 years old, so I have a 19-year-old son and a 17-year-old daughter in the house, so, so there's an Xbox around. And I have to tell you, every boxing game that they own, that I play... <laughs> 
I'm always Sugar Ray, okay? But no matter what I do, I cannot get your hand speed. I, I can't do those moves. So I, I need to know first, do you ever play video games, boxing games, and do you ever take Marvin Hagler just as a goof? You know, I never, well, my, my friends do that, you know, uh, Johnny Gill and, and, and all the boys. We do that all the time, you know. I, but I compete as me. But, uh, you know, um, I just beat the guys. You know, I use my hand speed. But uh, my son is a lot better than I am. <laughs> yeah, my son is too. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Without reflexes, yeah. yeah, the reflexes do go. Take it from someone still trying to play over forty <laughs> softball. Yeah. Uh, that is so true. So let me ask you a question. Why is, like I said, forty-eight? AJ's fifty-seven. We grew up such great personalities in the boxing game. What's happened? I mean, other than your show, which I think might be right. the the saving grace to the sport of boxing, because you basically get to know these guys, and then you have a rooting interest. Right. Other than that. You know, no one. There's, there's no one that you know anything about. There's no personality. There's you know, you hit it. You hit it right on the head because the contender. That was the basics of the whole show, it, because it introduced you to the boxers. It took you behind the scenes to let you know who he is, where he's from, and why we do what we do. Because back in the day, back in my time and during the Ali time, boxing was on network television, so you had a chance to kind of get to know us. You know our kid, our wife, our girlfriend. So you have more of a vested interest because, you know, you know see, I, that guy reminds me of myself. I kind of like him. That made a huge difference. Also, back in the day, champions fought champions. Much more competitive fights. Right, even the guys, you know, we were talking before uh, about 40 minutes ago, we had Bert Sugar on, and we were even talking about the Oscar Bonavenas and guys like that. But, but you got to know them through ABC and all, all the right. different shows, you know, the wide world of sports, and each week there was some sort of boxing match on, so you got to know them. Here, you, you know, you, you, if you don't buy a pay-per-view fight or, or the lead-in to these pay-per-views, you don't know anything about these boxers. Right, but right. with the contender, you get up close and personal, the, the little competition, then, then who they fight. And plus the fact, this last season, you actually showed the full fights on ESPN. By the way, talking about the contender, Sergio Moore is now world champion from the first contender. Right. He beat front and force. So, I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter was, people thought that this, these guys, these boxers, uh, were not real boxers for some apparent reason. But these guys were young boxers who, 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 who was kind of their last hurrah of becoming uh, a champion or being a contender. And, uh, you know, like Alfonso Gomez, I mean, Steve Forbes fought Oscar De La Hoya recently and put up a hell of a fight, even though Steve Forbes was, you know, originally a, a small guy in 130. But uh, that being said, I think we need to go back to the basics with boxing and get boxing back to the fans. I, I totally agree. That, that, I think, it is what's missing. Um, what's your life been like after boxing? now with the contender and all the things that you're involved with amazing amazing i've been a blessed man in fact i just recently got back from south africa uh yesterday um i do motivational speaking around the world and uh to you know fortune 500 companies and uh my i use boxing or fighting as a metaphor because i think that we are all fighters in some some, some sense of the word because we get knocked down whether it's in relationships and the fights in business, in life, you get knocked down. And I talk about 
my experiences, my experiences of how I deal with that. I talk about having a great corner. You know, back in the day, I had Angelo Dundee, I had James Morton, I had Guerrero. I had great people in my corner. And you need the same thing in life. You need the same corner in business. So I've been doing this for the past 10 years, and I truly enjoy uh, uh, being, you know, out there with the people and, and, and using my experience to better someone else's life. Okay, and where do you see boxing going forward in its competition for, for I guess, you know, the viewership dollar and, and the young share of, of the demographics between MMA and UFC? Let me tell you something. Boxing is a very resilient sport. People live vicariously through the sport. It's mono-mono. It's one primal sport. Uh, boxing is going to survive no matter what. Uh, as far as MMA or, or UFC, they have their own audience. Boxing has its own audience. We just need to give the fans much more than what we give ourselves. And if we do that, boxing will shine again. I hope so, because it is something that, that I do miss. Uh, you used to look forward to, to the fights back in, in your time. Even uh, not, yeah, Well, that's another question. This is one question I also have to, you know, they, I guess Buster only wrote a book about the Yankees. The, he kind of chronicled the end of the Yankee dynasty to that throw that Mariano Rivera made to second base, and it was yeah. safe. I kind of look at the end of boxing as I knew it as when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, because I felt that Tyson was never the same after that. Now, a guy like Tyson seemed to build up this um, invincibility. And then when he got hurt, he was never the same. As a boxer, when you experience that first time, that vulnerability against a guy that you should never feel that, does that change you in a way as a boxer, your psyche? Without question. Without question. Psychologically, mentally, it changes you. Because what happens, I mean, you look at Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson was an incredible uh, fighting machine. And Mike Tyson's great. One, Mike Tyson's, besides his incredible hand speed and, and enormous power, one of Mike's greatest assets was intimidation. When Mike Tyson stepped to the ring, gosh, foes. <laughs> Remember uh, Michael Spinks yeah. fighting Tyson? Yeah. You know, Michael Spinks could, could put up a better fight, but you know what? Mentally, you look. I saw his eyes. He didn't give himself a chance. And but when, when Tyson fought Buster Douglas, although Buster Douglas was a huge underdog, Buster Douglas somehow, some way, whether it was the, you know, the uh, pass on his mother that gave him additional motivation, that was the best Buster Douglas I've ever seen. Because in fact, I did that fight. I did the, right. the color commentating for um, I think it was HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a major upset. Yeah, yeah. and to me, I, I don't know if the sport has ever recovered because he yeah. really was the. Well, well you. There, there, I, I think what happened with Tyson wasn't just the fight; it was some of the other things. Oh well, yeah, you know, but was, that might have been a it, result it was, it was of that. The, it was the, the well, it was the rape conviction. It was the the, the, the biting Holyfield's <laughs> ear. I mean, yeah, that's, that, 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 that didn't that's, help. Yeah, that didn't help. That, that, you that, know, that there, there were a number of things that uh, you know really bothered or haunted. Mike Tyson and and Mike, he, you know, deep down inside, he's a good man. He's he's really a good guy. I mean, I, I I've known, I've met Mike and talked to Mike, and uh, but uh, I just I it just saddens me that you know a, a person like that who came from nothing like I did, you know, then all of a sudden everything falls apart. But you know, you, you got to be held accountable at some point. 
But then again, again, there also is the people that surround you too. Right. I think also when he Definitely. lost custom, uh, that also had an impact on him as well. Yeah. Bad, bad people right. around him, bad advice, people looking to, to basically leech off of his fame and, and right. wealth. And so finally, what what does the future hold for Sugar Ray Leonard? Well, you know, I tell you what, boxing is my life. I love it. You know, inside, outside the ring, I support it. You know, I I I, I tend to be somewhat of an ambassador for the sport. And um, I'm looking forward. I'm always going to be in boxing, I'm, no matter what, you know. And um, this, as far as I'm concerned, um, is an extension of my legacy of not just being in the ring, but being outside the ring and doing something good for the sport of boxing. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing. And is there a fourth season of The Contender signed up? Is that is the uh, ESPN committed you yet? You know what? I left, I left, although it was not picked up for another season, but I think there's always a home for the contender, and I think uh, it it was rejuvenated by the win of Sergio. Absolutely, Moore, the kind of it's champion. a great it's show. A great it's show. a fun it's show a fun to watch, show. and we really enjoy it. So, well, Sugar Ray, it's been an absolute. You know, I've been looking forward to this, and I know you know through your your publicist that you were traveling all day yesterday, and and we originally set it up as tentative and if it fit into your schedule and something that I've been looking forward to it's on top of that we've had Gordy Howe, Phyllis Bizzito, numerous Hall of Famers and, and I told the people at the top of the show the distribution list where we email everyone who's going to be on the show without question you're, you know, oh, Gordy Howe okay, you know I had to get hundreds of emails today Sugar Ray Leonard, wow, Sugar Ray Leonard's on tonight Sugar Ray Leonard, you got Sugar Ray Leonard so, and for me, it, it, it's just an absolute joy and privilege, and I appreciate the fact that you are traveling all day yesterday, and it's not a, a small little trip from Africa yeah. to, to come on the show with us. A little us. bit of jet lag. Yeah, a little bit of jet lag. And, uh, well, that's slightly, but you know, I want to say thank you, and thank to all your listeners, and uh, God bless you, man, and uh, love. All right. Be good. And, and how's uh, Ray Ray? Because we actually showed the, uh, the 7-Up commercial right before with, with you and Roberto Duran. Yeah? Yeah, we showed that right before you came on. Jesus Christ, that's been so long ago, man. But that was it was it was a great cut, a great commercial. Yeah. But they pulled it when the uh Duran did the no mas. Well <laughs> we don't know no. We don't know right now there seems to be some type of controversy. <laughs> All right, Sugar Ray, okay, continued you. success and we wish you nothing but the best. Right. Thanks so much guys. All right, have a good night. Take care. All right. Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs>